Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And that's what you really missed with Jenna and Kevin, an iHeart Radio podcast. Welcome to, and that's what you really miss, podcast for a very special episode, Achievement. Achievement. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Jenna. Um, Today, we have the one and only Rod, just Rod, at Rod (laughs) on TikTok. He got that. That's his name. No one else he has did. that name. He actually got that. He's the only one. That's a that's a good get. I have to he say. is. I feel like the resident nostalgia millennial king of the internet. Um, and is just so nice, so funny, mm-hmm. and talented. Um, and really, just I think if you are a fan of his, and if you're not, you're going to learn. Um, just like how open and honest and gigantic leak he is <laughs> he's a really wonderful conversation and um i really am honestly i say this in the podcast like interview but i'm like grateful for these awesome tiktokers that we've been able to um interview who are luckily fans so we can get them on the show um who are advocates of mental health and are so vulnerable and open and um i think we need more of it so and i do think there's um a uh a really good perspective from someone who's our age, who didn't grow up with social media in the way that Gen Z and Gen Alpha are doing now. And like to hear mm. his perspective of it is uh, very enlightening. Yeah. So without further ado, here's Rod. Hello. Welcome. Nice to meet you. <laughs> it's nice to <laughs> oh, yeah, This is meet Jenna. You. Jenna Rod. Yeah. Rod Jenna, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on. This is very Thanks exciting. Yeah, very excited. This is um, one of my internet friends. Yeah. yeah. Mutuals, <laughs> like we say in the industry. <laughs> is that what I you love- say? It's one of our mutuals? I think it's like just a social media. Oh, term, I guess. Yeah. I don't have internet friends. I say friends. What's wrong I don't with care. Me? People are like, yeah. do you know them? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I see yeah. <laughs> a lot of their lives on the internet. And I feel like yeah. we get along. So I'm going to say And friends. also because of how, like I've said before, when things are like algorithmically 
tailored to you and you like you know what you guys like we know mm-hmm. our each other's interests and our sense of humors and like that's the best way to connect i feel like exactly so we automatically get along we have shared interests yeah. yeah it's crazy that an algorithm like gives us content that we want to see <laughs> yes. or that we need to see sometimes sometimes they'll be on tiktok and it's like i did not need to see this <laughs> but i did so scary. I, was, I was trying to explain i've kept my brother off of tiktok he's 42 and a professor and i feel like he would love it mm-hmm. but i've kept him off of it because like you don't you're not going to understand how to talk to people first of all and mm-hmm. second of all you're never going to get off of it because it is going to perfectly sum up all of your weird interests it's going to go from like evolutionary biology to all these obscure comedians he and i talk about and he's mm-hmm. like what i was like it's incredible yeah <laughs> it's wild it's wild but uh it's the world we're living in it's crazy too you can see the generational difference and like because i feel like i've been part of social media for i don't want to cut an interview time but i've been part of social media from no. zanga zanga to today i don't know if you guys had zanga, zanga. Yeah. zanga. oh my god yeah zanga was like pre-myspace it was like right yeah. before myspace had a short stint it was like the vine of its era where okay. it had like True. a year of popularity um it was like myspace without like friending and all of that okay um, i did not know zanga but it's like a blog basically but you um okay. i've seen it all and i feel like it's crazy to see the generational differences like because we grew up in a time where like interacting wasn't part of like wasn't for an algorithm it was just like we liked content but now i feel like gen z the generation after knows that like the creators that they love and want to support they know they have to interact with the content in order for it to go anywhere and of course my content's all millennials so they're like that's funny and then they just keep scrolling so yeah <laughs> lately my content so hasn't true. been going anywhere because it's like millennials like cool anyway i follow them already so fair they don't understand like the interaction <laughs> i did the most millennial thing when i downloaded tiktok because i was obsessed with vine too and then i got on tiktok expecting it to be vine like 2019 like late mm. 2019 and that's when it was like the cliche like dancing app and they started to like yeah. incorporate more comedy content and promote um comedy con uh creators and then i got so overwhelmed though i deleted the app after i made one video and it went viral and then four months later I started making videos again and then that's when i started growing like if i would have stuck with it that would have been crazy but i got so overwhelmed with just an app i'm like ah no thanks and then i deleted it because <laughs> i didn't want to be seen or perceived <laughs> yeah fair okay i mean also yeah the public's view also of Oh people God. on it becoming known from that app is has completely shifted totally. i mean in all forms of entertainment it's like yeah you might have we might have looked down at that traditionally mm-hmm. right and and now that wouldn't even cross my mind mm-hmm. like yeah well, they're from tiktok yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and you guys have seen it probably more than me but even just like people thinking that just because i show like a little part of my life on the internet they like need to know mm-hmm. everything you know and it's oh, just yeah. it's, it's wild to Mm-hmm. to be prepared and if and there was even a moment where i felt like i needed to do that and then i'm like i don't mm-hmm. though you mm-hmm. know like i talk about like working and i talk about growing up in the 90s 2000s totally. so i'm like that's the content i share and i'm just going to keep sharing that that's who yeah you tr- that's who yeah that's mm-hmm. your you get to presence dictate. on the mm-hmm. on the gram or on the tick on the uh, talk <laughs> <laughs> Love I'm really that. showing my age here Jen and cool how mom. I know I'm nothing. Kid. I'm a cool mom. Um, <laughs> but that is interesting, though, because you are an advocate for mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, like t- it's it's that fine balance of social media versus real life versus what you're sharing versus people feeling like they know you. Mm-hmm. So what is it like now because you have so many followers, so many views, like people seeing you on the street, do they come up to you and they does it feel like they they really like you're their best friend? It's like polar opposite. It's either like TikTok guy. I'll just have someone just point at me and go TikTok guy. And I'm like, cool. Like, I don't know what to say that. That's funny. <laughs> or there would be like, it was, I was um, out with one of my friends who's a therapist and someone stopped me on the street and was like, oh my God, like you saved my life in the pandemic, which millennials, we, I talked to my therapist about this week. I'm like, we just like exaggerate and catastrophize so much. that it's like <laughs> extremes. It's like, you saved my life. Not like your videos were yes. funny and made my day. Um, <laughs> but my friend, cause she knows I'm insecure, you know, and she knows what I'm going through. And so she like grabbed my face and she's so I'm six, four and she's like five, three. So she like grabbed my face down there and she's like, I want you to hear what that woman just said to you. It's like, okay. <laughs> you saved her life. Like, I really don't think I did. But. Like millennials. You, you saved lives. Don't yeah. discount what you're contributing to society. Exactly. But no, it is cool to see. It's like, I never thought I was funny. I like always was a consumer of content on the internet. Didn't expect any of this to go anywhere. And then here we are now talking to people from, one of my favorite shows, which is pretty cool. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you started on the talk, mm-hmm. um, what was the, I remember you, you, you talked, you mentioned it earlier, but like, what was the impetus like, or the intent Why? when <laughs> you were starting on the talk? Why? Since I you didn't think just, you were funny. I just um, kind of like a, did on Instagram before, um, or like Facebook, even throwing it back, it was just like for people that I was friends with. Cause like I had a couple coworkers and friends, we followed each other cause we would send each other TikToks directly on there rather than like texting them to each other. Mm. Um, and then I just like started making the videos and then a ton of them didn't really take off. Mm. But then once I made one that really leaned into like using a throwback song, I used like a cascada, Every time we touch, I'm sure you all know that song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's magic. It's ethereal. Something in space every time. Um, I used that song in one of my videos, and then I just kept going with that nostalgic collab of like working from home content. And mm. just, you know, kept doing that. And again, it was like October 2020 is when I started doing that. And then it wasn't until like I started re-entering the world in 2021 where I'm like, oh, those like that number of like 1.2 million which was my following at the time are real people because then mm-hmm. people came up and like started recognizing me and like no i'm like <laughs> i just like make silly little videos you know and then you know i started to embrace the fact that like my videos are reaching a ton of people it is mm-hmm. a crazy thing though because when you do have somebody literally in the palm of your hand watching them yeah. every day and we are everyone was stuck at home mm-hmm. and you do feel like you've become friends with them like mm-hmm. immediately starting talking to you, let's say like on Instagram or something like, I feel like I, there was a comfortability factor. So I can't right. even imagine, but I know having been on like a certain side of it to an extent mm-hmm. of like, well, we don't actually know each other. Right. I don't want to be like creepy and weird and assume sure. like I know anything really about, um, but I respect their talent and humility mm-hmm. and all that. Right. Um, and so like going out into the public after that had to be, like a reawakening sure. of, oh, um, mm-hmm. a year ago, this was not my life. And now yeah. all of a sudden, 
this everything has changed. <laughs> everything, everything has changed. Um, but yeah, it's funny you mentioned that too, because I feel like it's what I realized too, when you like meet people from social media or even like when people come up to me, I feel like that first layer is mm-hmm. broken at least of yes. like getting mm-hmm. to know you. Cause it's like, what do you do for work and all that stuff? Because like you, you already have that or like, it's almost like social media is the mutual friend um, mm-hmm. when meeting people off social media. Yeah. And it is, I mean, I'm going to steal that because my least favorite thing about sort of small talk, meeting people, catching up with old friends is so like, what do you do? What are you up to? Mm-hmm. That whole thing. And you're right. Mm-hmm. It does completely just negate having to even go there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like if, if I do like a Q&A on Instagram or something and just like random advice that I'm not qualified to give, absolutely not, <laughs> but I'll still do it um, just to do something fun on Instagram. I get a lot of comments on like, how do I make friends as an adult or how do I make new friends as an adult? And it put mm. into perspective for me too. It's like, mm. just like what feels natural. Cause I feel like there was this time in my life where I felt I was forcing so many friendships and I was like, so surfaced with so many of them. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I'm at a point where like the people that are in my life are like in it and mm-hmm. they've helped me through some, some really hard times. Um, and I feel, I was telling a friend, I'm like, I don't want new friends in the sense of like, I don't feel like making a new, like circle of friends. Yeah. Totally. Like I'm totally for like broadening the circle of friends I have now, like through other mutuals and stuff. And if something organic happens for sure, but I'm not like actively searching out new friendships. Cause I just don't have the bandwidth for that right now. Totally. Corporate word, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it takes time. so much time it and does. energy to develop like meaningful and lasting friendships. So Sort of, right. It's like dating. If you've been in a long-term relationship and all of a sudden something happens and you break up, it's like, I have to do this again. Mm-hmm. I have to like go through all this getting yep. to know you and well, the but ups also and downs. Like and- the surface ones are like the, the ones you have the least amount of time for. You're like, why is why am I even doing this? What is, they take like, up is the this most serving me? Is, <laughs> right. you know, and then does this serve me? You have to like, I, I, I noticed too, it's harder to break up with a friend sometimes and it is depending how long you've been dating the person it is just for like a relationship totally because it's like you feel like an obligation because you've been there for each other through all this stuff but at a certain point it's like if if it's creating more stress for both of you what's the point yeah it doesn't serve you i haven't had to break up with a friend in a really long time i don't me either yeah i don't think i ever have good kevin good i think i just have good people around you that's fine yeah that's you have the same good people around you, most. I do. I would, see, I have, I've had the same circle, and I slowly yeah. broaden it over time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good. Love that. Every now good and then. You. But, but I have started to recognize, just because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm around someone frequently, like new mm-hmm. people frequently, doesn't mean I want to be or have to be. That's happened a lot mm-hmm. lately. Totally. Where I'm mm. like, oh, like we're, we're peripherally like in the same circle. Right? Or like... like I'm like, oh, but actually I don't, this is taking up uh, some time and energy that I don't want. I'd rather mm. give it to Jenna, you know? Yeah, mm. exactly. Nice, yeah, it's like where you feel safe. Like I did um, residential therapy in May for a month where I like lived at a center basically just because mm. I was at, a, at like a low, I guess you would yeah. call it. Yeah. And one the first question that they ask when you're like discharging or like reentering the world is like, who, what write down 10 people who are your safe space. Oh. And so I've been working with my therapist and that transition a lot too. And just like, who is safe? Totally. It, that That's really the, the friendships that matter, you know? And I feel like once you lose that safety too, um, or you have to f- learn to trust someone new, if you're meeting someone new, mm-hmm. it's, it's right. really difficult to gauge. 
right? Well, deep yeah. stuff. This is the <laughs> deepest we've ever gone on. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't apologize. It. I love it. <laughs> Jenna, the weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Yes, it is. And I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices in premium fabrics and finishes. We love that. I just got the silk skirt, and then I also got the um, 100% organic cotton striped sweater. It's great quality. For that price, I literally shop here all the time now because it is just undeniable. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash really for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash really to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash really. Let's talk about something we can all relate to hair removal. Not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Between Nick's cuts and razor burn, the worst. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. Nair's new scents have turned my bathroom into a spa. My favorite is the soothing aloe and water lily body cream. It smells so good. Plus it's designed for lingering freshness so I smell and feel good for the rest of the day. And who doesn't love that? Nair's new shower and body creams are super easy to apply and work in as little as three minutes and my smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. You can use it on your legs, arms, underarms, even your bikini area, which is perfect with summer right around the corner. I just went on a trip to New York to visit my family and I used Nair before I left. I didn't even need to pack a razor because I knew my legs would be smooth the entire trip. So check out the new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. So smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
when you started on mm-hmm. um, all of this, a lot of your stuff was like about, you know, work, right? Complaining about work or complaining sure. about work. Um, yeah. What does your work think about it? Oh my God. I was really nervous because the, the complaints <laughs> I was making about work were former companies because I would like work for some really toxic workplaces that if I mention them, everyone would know, but it was just like startups or fitness companies. And one of my, I was in sales too. So it's like sales is like the grind. Right. Mm. And one of my, like my former companies, we had to work till like midnight, the last four days of every month, just to like make more sales. Mm -hmm. We're signing up people for a gym. Um, but so at the time when I was making these TikToks, I was working for a really healthy company that Mm. treated me well. So (laughs) that's what you can see at the beginning. I I talk more about my experience and like how I feel rather than like how the company's treating me. Mm. But Mm-hmm. There was a moment where I got a counter invite, just said your TikToks. And again, this was like that early stage where I didn't think those people were real that were re- like watching my videos. Mm-hmm. Like I knew they were real, but it was just like, you know, I couldn't feel a connection. Sure. And I got on that meeting and it was with my boss's boss. So I was terrified. I'm like, this is it. I'm getting fired. I don't I, like I looked through my like contract that I signed to see if there's any social media clause, mm-hmm. which I don't think there was at the time. And he it was a guy and again in sales it can be a lot of toxic masculinity so he was like really stern and i was really nervous for him just to lay it into me and he goes so i want to talk about your videos um i relate to a lot of them and i was like oh my god i thought i was like getting fired i thought this was do- this was done and he's like i think that about our ceo all the time and it was just like a way it was like really funny because like we related to each other and that's what we wow. realized it was like the content was for everyone yeah. Um, even though it's marketed ter- towards a specific someone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. I wish I had a better story that I got in trouble or something. But no, no, that, that's but that was good. <laughs> there were a couple of videos where <laughs> I had a manager send it to me, like, be careful, or like, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're tiptoeing a line here. But, yeah. Wow. Like, whatever. I'm building a brand and a business. Right. Don't worry about business. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but that must have felt good, though. You know, it you did. just completely off taken off guard in the best way possible all right wow okay well well, now i'm getting a promotion for sure yeah (laughs) it was a hard balance so like because there was moments where i felt like i had to make a video like every hour or like Mm -hmm. every three times a day because that's what i was doing when i was first growing and now there's like two weeks where i don't make a video and that's fine Mm -hmm. with me Mm because again talking about mental health it's just like Mm -hmm. you know it was a very like traumatic experience going from like zero to 100 while my personal life at the time was kind of crumbling so it's like very hard to balance it all Mm. just taking time for myself too i wish i would have done that more early on so Mm -hmm. i could focus more on my job i mean it's hard it's like anybody everybody's looking for success in some way in something Mm -hmm. right and it's like all of a sudden you find this random success in something Mm -hmm. and you know that it does on average take like three videos a day to maintain that to build some sort of following and you're like well Sure, I'll let everything else fall apart a little bit because this like professional Literally. weird thing mm-hmm. is happening for me. Right. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have a video go viral, I would like stay up like oh my God. until like nine on the app, which is like trying to make something and I just lost yeah. my life doing that. It's you like know? trying to get like your fix of right. like right. you know how the good it can feel, how easy it can be. Viral video yeah. is just crazy. Yeah. So how do you how do you now? balance that for your mental health it sounds like you've obviously taken that as the priority versus 
the social media or the you know the the views so like how how long did it take you to get there what did you do yeah i think um it was that moment of realizing that i i looked at my profile and i was like wait there's 1.6 million people here who follow me who can't engage my content that's like your brain has the capacity of knowing a thousand people you know Mm -hmm. so that was wild to me that that many people followed me and then i'm like why the reason i kept posting kept posting because i wanted to grow wanted to grow because i thought it would stop and then once i realized that i didn't need any more than that because i didn't even need a thousand um Mm -hmm. if my content reached five people that's all that mattered Mm. i uh had that moment of introspective where I, i realized that i am making this just for the community and if i'm not well if i'm like not living by what i'm trying to say even just like as a joke then mm-hmm. what's the point of doing it totally. so just like if i think of something funny i'll post it and you know i do have to be methodical a little bit if the, i don't want my whole feed to be like branded content and i do you know need to have branded content yeah. to earn money and to do with whatever and so um do have to regularly post for that but just mm-hmm. not as much pressure like i would even research like best time to post on tiktok and I'm like that's so weird that of i course. was like living by oh, that. i mean i'm pretty sure i've done that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's admirable because i think a lot of people do feel like like a slave to the to you know social media in a way right. especially when you're making money off of it and it's part of your livelihood yeah. so it can right. be really hard to balance it but um yeah great good on you I mean, really (laughs) very admirable, truly. Um, Okay, let's talk about Glee a little bit because, you know, it is a Glee podcast. Tell (laughs) tell us about um, when you first saw Glee um, and and kind of your journey with with the show because I know you've watched it a few times now. Yes, I vividly remember. Um, I went to like, um, I went to a religious college um, where it was like very strict and Mm. even like there, it wasn't, I wasn't, not allowed to watch Glee, but I remember if I was, there definitely would have been some judgment. Um, Mm. Because you, like, you know, you guys were posting about things that, like, like, you guys were, like, episodes were going live about, like, against what I was being taught. Totally. Um, Yeah. We had all kinds of groups matters at Ryan Murphy every single week. Yes, yes, (laughs) he's used to it. Um, But I remember I was in my dorm room, my roommate, my roommate got swine flu, I don't know if you remember Swine Flu. Oh, yeah. Um, and the show premiered my first year at this college. So I actually had like the whole dorm to myself for basically the entire semester. So I like locked the door and I remember like scheduling it to watch it live. And then, um, yeah, I watched it opening day. Wow. Premiere, day one. Crazy. Yeah. What made you want to watch it? Like, oh, from man. The I, was, I was a theater kid. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there you go. I was in, mm-hmm. yeah, I was in musicals even throughout college. Um, and that really caught my eye. My school didn't have show choir, but I remember I had some friends from my youth group that were in show choir. So I would go watch them um, in show choir. And so I was just loved music and found it fascinating. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I was caught from day one. So it sounds like the music was the thing that kind of kept you hooked. Right. The music, but then the writing just kept me going too. Um, like I still, you, you know how people like watch fine compilations or TikTok compilations. I watch Glee compilations when I need to laugh oh, yeah. or just something for background oh, noise. Um, just oh, catch me. See, so, it's like yeah. me watching the America's Got Talent compilations. 
like the gold, like the golden buzzer. Yes, just before we got oh, on, I that's cry. what I was doing. I've been He's crying all morning. That. Yes, yes. Ball my eyes out. I looked yeah. a mess. My eyes were bloodshot before I got on here. I'm like, I have to go get my life together <laughs> before we, I see someone. There's nothing better too than when someone gets the golden buzzer and they just look underwhelmed and I'm like, do you not realize what's happening? Yes. Like you're more excited than they are. <laughs> there is golden confetti. Heidi Klum loves you. Oh. Heidi Klum hit that buzzer for you. Yeah. Nick oh <laughs> Cannon's right there. I can't believe you you used to go watch show choir. Like mm-hmm. your friend was in show choir. Like I yeah. had no knowledge that show choir existed pre being on the show. Yeah. It was, like that uh, wasn't something the suburb I grew up in had a really um, intense school. Like the choir performed at the Grammys. Like it was very, a very musical school. Wow. Um, very much like audio adrenaline. Um, yeah. But um, huh. it was, it was, uh, yeah. So I, we, I would go and see them perform. It's really good. But yeah, very knowledgeable in the show choir world. Is it true that you're on your fifth rewatch of? Um, it could be. One thing about me is I <laughs> I will never watch a new show. <laughs> I have two types of shows that I watch. I have shows that um, I've seen multiple times. It's Glee, uh, Happy Endings. Not sure if you're familiar with that show. Oh, yeah. And New Girl. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I watch shows that ended way too early. Like shows that have one season even. And I just like, become like hooked. Happy and I'm like, this is too. the worst. Like Happy Endings. Um, I just watched Reboot. That is a new show I watched. On oh, Hulu. yeah. And that ended after one season. I'm like, why do I get hooked on? And I don't even know. I like look. I'm like, oh, it's one season. And I look, when's season two happening? It's like, it ended. I'm like, great. Oh, my God. It's because you have good taste. Those are like all yeah. the great sort of obscure yeah. comedies that were yeah. very good and absolutely deserved so to have more. Yeah. Amazing writing, just like we. Ahead of mm. their time. <laughs> Ahead of their time. Let's talk about something we can all relate to, hair removal. Not exactly the highlight of our day, right? Between Nick's cuts and razor burn, the worst. But guess what? Nair, the OG, has taken hair removal to the next level with their new sensational shower and body creams that smell amazing. Literally the best thing ever. Nair's new scents have turned my bathroom into a spa. My favorite is the soothing aloe and water lily body cream. It smells so good. Plus it's designed for lingering freshness so I smell and feel good for the rest of the day. And who doesn't love that? Nair's new shower and body creams are super easy to apply and work in as little as three minutes and my smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. You can use it on your legs, arms, underarms, even your bikini area, which is perfect with summer right around the corner. I just went on a trip to New York to visit my family and I used Nair before I left. I didn't even need to pack a razor because I knew my legs would be smooth the entire trip. So check out the new and improved body creams and shower creams from Nair, the number one hair removal brand. So smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? 
I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I have a couple of favorites, and and I sure. don't know if you can give us off the top of your head, but sure. no pressure. Okay. Um, what was your favorite season? Season three. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah. We just started season, season three. Season three. And so I don't good. remember anything from it, so I'm really excited. <laughs> We're very yeah, I mean, excited because that's what people keep saying. <laughs> this rewatch I started on season three. Um, wow. I've seen the first two, but. And I, you know, I think that transition um, starting in season four was like beautifully done. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, less of some cast members than others. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, that's what I, I look forward to when I do my rewatch. Oh, wow. What about season three is the one for you? Is it because it some of them are graduating and it is that like growth yeah. thing or yeah it's like the final you know it's like mm -hmm. it, it, that it, it is really nostalgic for me because it like brings me back to high school truly mm -hmm. um and i think you know after watching it you know what happens at the end of it but just like the road to nationals mm -hmm. is always inspiring to watch mm -hmm. gives me chills <laughs> it feels like season six yeah, yeah, it feels like Should that's the season, um, season with my cup, right? My cup was season two. It was that really? Okay. Yes, we were that's surprised my... as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorites. <laughs> my I told you, see, one. I said you had yeah. good taste, right? I know, China, my, my cup. cup is a classic, so good. Wait, the Nationals in season three, right? Yes, 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 and that's yes. the new one. Okay, cool. Yes. I just Season two, we, New York. When we do my cup is when we're trying to write we songs. Lose. I remember that. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> Mr. Shoes you know, is like, you showing guys, up you guys write it. You yeah. guys go ahead and write it. No plan. Good no luck. Plan. So good. Um okay, next one. What is your favorite? If you had to pick a favorite episode mm. and and mashup. Do you have a favorite mashup? 
Oh yeah. My favorite mashup is, um, when the it, walking on sunshine, halo, Interesting. That's the vitamin, one. that's the vitamin D episode, right? Yes. yes. Which one. is probably one of my favorite episodes too, yeah. just cause it's such like an out there concept. Really <laughs> off, yeah. the, off the rails. <laughs> but I love every Britney episode too, you know, just cause mm-hmm. like growing up with Britney Spears and then doing all the cover songs. And then the Michael episode is always good. Um, mm-hmm. like Naya doing, um, smooth criminal. Mm-hmm. Is, Smooth Criminal was insane. Yeah. Always going to be one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. What is, in your opinion, is the most unhinged storyline? Oh, my God. <laughs> so many to choose from. <laughs> there are. Um, I think everything was Sue, but I think... Uh, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Quinn in the wheelchair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm really looking no, forward no. to seeing that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Quinn Come in the in. wheelchair. Um, <laughs> and I think it's just the, there's a line that Sue says either in season five or season six about like how easily it is for the grads just to come back. She's like, I don't know how you're funding your, te- your teleportation back here, but that's always a crazy storyline to me. How <laughs> the graduates just like show up out of nowhere. I yeah. remember when I was freshman sophomore year of college, I could barely fly home on a 45 minute flight from Minneapolis yeah. to Chicago. You know, like, how are you coming mm. back from New York so easily? Oh Everyone's God. just yeah. next door, you know, yeah. <laughs> New York and Ohio. They're, yeah. It's very close. Kind of close, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think growing up in the Midwest, too, made me appreciate Glee. Because mm-hmm. my dad's from Ohio, so I've been to Ohio many times, but oh just gosh. very, you know, similar to the suburb schools that I grew up, grew up in Did here. the show feel like the Midwest to you? It did. Hmm. It did. Yeah, because I knew I didn't know anything about the industry even until I started making content. So it was just like, I thought you all filmed in Ohio. You know, like that's how naive I was to this whole. Oh, great. So, yeah, for most of it. And then, you know, obviously learning more about the industry, learn that sets exist. But totally. um, it did feel very Midwest. Mm. Oh, I mean, yeah. Ian Brennan is from Chicago. Okay. So, he knows what's up. Yeah. yeah. Great. Ryan Murphy also not from yes. Chicago but from the Midwest. Yeah, so, and lived in Chicago. So yeah, that's the things got a little bit more city. glamorous. Season four, yeah. five, six. <laughs> yeah. so, right, right. Knows. I did. I actually did like the second round of cast too. Like, um, yeah, mm-hmm. Unique totally. and Marley Rose doing Blow Me for the Grease audition is one of my favorite performances too. We love that cast, mashup, but yeah, they're good. Kitty and Jake. It's probably like <sighs> so I was rewatching, and I forgot how upset I was that like we didn't get a closure to them. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. The final season, like totally. That was, that was a bummer for me. Totally. Yeah, I love I how much you get to those. You appreciate them. Oh, yeah. you know, unsung yeah. heroes. Unsung heroes. They're yeah. all great. Yeah. So, um, um, but so- yeah, we was very formative. All right, so we leave. We ask everybody at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. what is the feeling that Glee leaves you with? As somebody who's potentially watched the show five times, um, yeah. what, is, <laughs> what is the feeling that Glee leaves you with? Um, it does leave me with nostalgia. I think mm-hmm. I was, I've been talking a lot with my therapist too because creating nostalgic content. I'm like, why is nostalgia so important? It's like it transport you, transport you back to a time, even if it was a stressful time. Like, I did not have great years, you know, in college, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. it's not the time that you're in now and i've been going through some stressful stuff now so it's like mm-hmm. been nice to have that nostalgia and the music mm-hmm. and you know it kind of encapsulate, encapsulates like my high school experience um so watching that replay through through your characters is always a nostalgic feeling for me 
You are nostalgia. You are my nostalgia. So <laughs> no, when, I, when I click on your stuff, going. you are nostalgia. Please do. Going. Please do. And you're inspiring by a trampoline too. I want you to know. I must say. You, <laughs> I don't think I can do the weight limit for the one I could have in my apartment. You can. You can. Nobody but, will fall off. This is good. See, Jenna, Jenna, oh you're God. an inspiration. You are. I did it. I've done it. Oh my Influenced. God. Thank you're you. braver than me if you do it. I can't. I'm terrified. My dog like, would be terrified. Do it? And like, I'm like, no, he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> Jenna, the way you can kick your own face with your shin, I don't, I can't even Every touch time. my toes. I don't Every know how. I don't know. Well, you did sit in the chair I've for six been flexible. years. So. I have, yes, that's right. You're back. I have that. Step. Yeah. Yeah. I've always Good. been pretty flexible, so it, it's it's not something that I, you know, had were had to work hard at. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. I don't know. Um, Rod, thank you so much for yeah. being here. And um, obviously, I would open up the floor if you have any questions about Glee. We're happy to answer them. <laughs> I did have one. I think. Okay, go for it. Go um, for it. <laughs> oh, one moment. I also forgot. <laughs> Rachel sending. Sunshine to the crack house will always send me. I mean, that um, is just so bad. Yeah. But I think so. One thing I noticed too at the beginning is, you know, with Naya and Heather, how they, the pilot, obviously pilots change too once they get pick up, picked up, but like they're just seen like background characters. So it was so interesting to see them become mm-hmm. like main characters of the show, like you two were. So was that the plan all along, like from episode one? No. To, yeah. Cause they were them singing. And exactly. Say a little prayer. Yeah. Heather was a yeah. dancer. I was hired right. as a dancer by Zach. And mm-hmm. so Zach actually was the one who pushed Ryan to see her for another Glee Club member. For, mm. And then Brittany S. Pierce was born from Heather, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. Ryan, of course. And then um, with Naya, it was sort crazy. of like Naya started to get any line or song. Mm-hmm. And she was, and behind She's the scenes, such was a so flash. funny. Yeah, yeah. That Ryan was just like, Okay, we need more of that. And I think yeah. just because yeah. they're both amazingly talented, they just started writing for them. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, think like when... um like The Boy is Mine mm-hmm. was like one of the first kind of births of Santana and mm-hmm. especially her and Mercedes because right. Ryan saw them like we were at our cast chairs and they were doing the impressions and wow. so he put it in. And right. you're like, "Oh, and then they like show up." You know what I mean mm-hmm. on screen as well. So, it was, right. um, I think when she did um, the gut, when she had her solo and the Gaga song, I forget which one it was. That's like romance, the first time bad, ro- romance. bad romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the first time like you heard her voice solo, I think. Right. Oh Wasn't it? Or one of them. And I was just like, damn. So got it, got it I like think that. We were sort of like the guinea pigs, I think for the wider audience. It's like, if mm-hmm. we liked it and then Ryan liked it, then he'd put it in. And then oh. like the public sort of responded to it. Just how we were. We're like, this needs to happen. She's so good. Put this in. Or like Heather is hilarious. Listen to this like bit she has. Right. And then it just, you know, people responded with it just like we did. So maybe we <laughs> yeah. were the tastemakers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's a whole coin. Yeah. I think besides you, like the only other show that's done that with like making, like growing the cast and like creating background characters throughout the series is The Office, but it's like such a big cast, but everyone's yeah. so mm-hmm. notable, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Very. I think when everyone is so specific and everyone comes to the table with like their unique abilities, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. how can you can't? It's unavoidable because you're filling out this really beautiful ensemble Mm -hmm. where there wasn't. Sure, there were leads of both Mm -hmm. shows, but it was very much uh, a team effort. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's 
awesome to know. That's my question. Of course. Well, yeah. we're we're grateful you came on, and we're grateful that for what you share on your um on your social channels, and you know all the good good things you're doing and saving people's lives. So thank you so much for <laughs> being here. It's really nice to meet you and chat with yeah, you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. I'll let you know once I get my trampoline. Please do. <laughs> Those are the new videos. Yeah. Yes. Please do it. <laughs> when we're in the same town, you and I can take a trampoline class together. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. We'll I send need it to, to Jenna. See that. Or we'll just go to like Please one of those do. bounce houses with like yeah. a yeah. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Too funny. You're the best. Thank yeah, you yeah. so oh much. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Bye. See ya. What a sweet, sweet lad. <laughs> sweet man. <laughs> yes. Really uh, great. Um, very calm. Very calm. I'm like, I enjoyed his energy. Yeah, I feel very tranquil now. Like yeah. I just want to sit and hear him talk all day. I got to say, Rod, thank you for being so um, just honest and open about your journey, your mental health journey, your journey through TikTok and social media in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that's the sort of the key to his success, isn't it? Is that he... There is no sort of false pretense or made up shtick. He is just right. who he is, and it is relatable. Mm-hmm. And he, um, you, you're drawn in by him. You just want to hear from him. Absolutely, and his like his integrity and like intention behind posting for not to be famous, not to get jobs from it, but to like really just reach people. Um, you can really feel that it's very honest yeah and real it's refreshing and i do feel like um there is mm-hmm. absolutely space for that and space to be successful at that and it's nice to see that it's happening for him in that way and also what thoughtful well considerations about glee you know he uh, <laughs> like I, <laughs> we all have that show like you and <laughs> My one of my best friends, Justin, like watch Friends or West Wing every single night to fall asleep, or like it's their comfort show. And to meet people who like Glee is sort of their comfort show, where they've watched it that many times and know it. Like mm-hmm. you can't even put a number to how many times you watched it because you're just always sort of running it in the background or watching compilations or something. That's wild to like be on a show that is that for people. That sort of I breaks know. my brain a bit. People, yeah. <laughs> yeah no no for sure <laughs> agreed <laughs> agreed well thanks for joining us hope you guys enjoyed the episode and join us next week and that's what you really missed thanks for listening and follow us on Instagram at and that's what you really miss pod make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars see you next time Bean Dad The Dress 30 to 50 Feral Hogs if you knew what any of those were you spend too much time online and hey I do too 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.